Hello and welcome to Reincarnated as Podcasters, the show where we explore the countless and varying worlds of isekai, the anime genre. This is episode 14. It's no understatement to say that isekai is an extremely prevalent genre in the anime landscape. On this show, we hope to find out why that is and what a genre primarily concerned with other worlds has to say about this one. Today, we will be discussing episodes 1 and 2 of ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. But before we embark on this intrepid journey, let me introduce you to the hosts of this program. I'm Vicky, and joining me, as always, is Lawrence. Hello. Hi, Hello. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a minute. Um, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, um, and, and I'm down with a bit of a cold. Uh, yeah. So I've I've been taking these notes in a in a feverish haze, uh, swallowed <laughs> a bunch of ibuprofens. Um, yeah, I hope my um, my my ill my ill brain <laughs> is uh, produce some <laughs> some cool takes for us today. We'll we'll have to wait and see, I guess. And your voice is yourself? a little bit extra. Your voice is a little extra gravelly, so the takes will sound cool as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, even even if it's the the dumbest anime takes, if it's Solid Snake saying that, then uh, they they become yeah. cool instantly. <laughs> How about uh, yourself, man? How you been? Yeah, uh, I've been doing pretty good. Um, no cold here, no sickness in this house. <laughs> um, oh. And I've been uh, well, obviously excited to check out ReZero. I've been, I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, and. Uh, looking forward to talking about it oh yeah hell yeah new show exactly yeah We're, we've got high school prodigies is behind us now we don't have to think about that again new pa- greener pastures we are moving on to <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's true but still uh, during the course of watching this my my brain drifted back to uh that terrible terrible show <laughs> Uh, there, there are for, similarities in, in part, like not thematic similarities, but like visual in parts. Yeah, yeah. There are some like uh, there, there are a couple of thematic ones uh, as well. I thought, uh, oh, but cool. uh, I'm yeah, about that. yeah. We'll, we'll be exploring those, I guess. So, uh, mm-hmm. Like the, the more of these we watch, like I think the the, the less we're going to be able to like uh, s- separate them. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of stuff have you been watching lately? Anything interesting? Yeah, we watched um, watched Dune recently. Have you seen Dune yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, nice. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's okay. I guess <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, um, it looks okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I man, I just I I don't like movies. I think is the thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like 100% ready to just, uh, let this one just, uh, just slide and just like not watch it as I have successfully watched, as I have successfully not watched every film that has come out in the last couple of years. 
but I ended up seeing it anyway. And it turned mm-hmm. out to be like, it, first of all, it's two and a half hours long. <laughs> like, yeah, it's long, isn't it? Why, why are films so long now? <laughs> They're all so long. <laughs> <laughs> and over the course of those two and a half hours, I have learned nothing about uh, the characters in the film. I've come to feel nothing for them or uh, learn anything about uh, their their goals or motivations. So I, 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 I mm. call that a, a, a failure. Um, and it's just, it's um, just a film that is just, just bereft of like... Uh, uh, a a human core like it just uh in in mm. the same way like these um uh disney star wars um marvel avenger type films are yeah. like they they don't they don't feature people they feature like uh these uh uh sanitized homogenized like dull humans that are grown in vats yeah. <laughs> And they're incapable interestingly, of like, like emotional expression. Interestingly enough, um, I watched Shang Chi last night, which is like one of the latest Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went into it thinking, like, obviously, I'm not like heavily invested in the Marvel universe or anything, but like, it should have some cool like martial arts fights in it that could be entertaining. Right? Was it got Donnie Yen? No, it hasn't got Donnie Yen. I thought it did too, but it doesn't. Um, but like as 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 with many of these adaptations, I think it's it's a real problem when people try and make them into movies because the actual stories themselves, like with June, it's a really really long book, right? And like I'm sure I don't know much about Shang Chi, but I'm sure it was like a comic series or something, right? Like there's m- oh. many installments of that. You can't condense these stories into movies. Because you end up having to omit loads of stuff that makes the stories and characters make sense, because mm. you just don't have enough time, uh, and that's what I got from Shang Chi. Like to me, the story didn't make any fucking sense, and the main character himself. Like I left the film knowing absolutely nothing about who he is as a person or like why he's even doing the stuff he does. Yeah. Like it just it, it. I I really struggle to feel invested in it because. It it just doesn't have any deeper meaning either. Like, there's nothing going on under the surface. It's just like a literal adaptation of a comic with nothing extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like I felt a lot of that for for Dune as well. Just uh, um, I, I suppose today's um, moviegoer is simply a a, a porridge brained baby, just like waiting to. <laughs> 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 uh, being being fed these two hour long uh, features that are uh, just glorified uh, uh, keychain dangling and just uh, loud noises and uh, bright <laughs> flashes, but no color except brown and gray. Brown, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Everything brown now. Everything brown now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I ain't fuck with Doom, and like worst of all, it's it's supposed to be like a fucking trilogy, quadrilogy, franchise bullshit. Yeah. It's like they didn't even give me like I watched two and a half hours of an incomplete film. That's that's what I did. Nice, mm. thanks. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel as well like everyone's like talking about it, and everyone says you should go and watch it in the cinema, and everyone says it's like I think a lot of people have like. Uh, 
connections to Dune. Like they've read the book and they like really buy into like the, myth- the mythologizing almost of oh. like Jodorowsky's Dune and have a lot of like strong feelings about it and want to see it done. But like I don't really care about it. Like I haven't read it and like I don't really care for Jodorowsky oh. and therefore I like have no interest in seeing it in the first place i probably will watch it at some point but like i kind of want to like it but i don't i don't know yeah 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 i i think you're you're just as uh just as well off like uh having watched a a, a star wars disney um disney <laughs> star wars <laughs> wow <laughs> it's, it's all the same it's all the same um we are uh, putting the world to rights here <laughs> Uh, We're only ten uh, minutes yeah. in. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let, let me shout out uh, another thing I've been I've been watching uh, Succession, sure. which I've actually been having uh, a, yeah. a lot of fun with. Uh, it's a uh, it's a show about a billionaire media mogul like a uh, Rupert Murdoch esque uh, figure. Uh, combined with a Trump-esque figure in that he's uh, surrounded by failed sons and daughters, and um, <laughs> he's he's like he's he's old and he's um, he's uh, thinking about giving up the reins of his uh, uh, giant uh, multinational uh, media slash theme parks firm, and uh, you know all of all of his uh, sons and, and daughters uh, vie for. His attention in a, uh, a a a toxic uh, familial dynamic that leads to mm. uh, <laughs> betrayal and backstabbing, but also uh, a great deal of like uh, uh, twisted affection and uh, the kind of love that you can only really um, expect from uh, siblings and families, and that it's uh, difficult to to uh, describe to. The, the outside world uh, <laughs> yeah. I, think it, uh, I think it demonstrates that really well in this like a uh, familiar strange internal workings of like uh, uh, the uh, elites and the rich and also uh, just uh, the, the fucked up uh, psychodynamics of uh, being <laughs> in a family like that uh, succession is a lot of fun cool yeah I think that's definitely next on my list uh, yeah, yeah I, I've, I've been I've been watching a series and I've been trying to it's almost over and I'm trying to think like what will I watch next that it's going to be Succession I think hell yeah it's the guy that wrote um, Peep Show and yeah Fresh right Meats. yeah exactly and, and um, I love both of those shows a lot <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah and he also wrote on the thick of it it's got like a a lot mm-hmm. of the thick of it in there um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of great swearing in there uh, except oh, it's nice. a lot a lot dumber. <laughs> lots of lots of great dumb swearing. It's a good time. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out. And, and finally, I, I wanted to I wanted to shout out uh, to uh, Chainsaw Man, uh, which is a, a manga I've I've read all the way through uh, recently, mm-hmm. like uh, 99 chapters. Have you heard of Chainsaw Man? I have not. No. No, oh well, you're you're going to. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> they're they're adapting it into a, an anime like uh, oh, cool. this this winter season, I think, 
and mm -hmm. uh you know everyone is like this is going to be the biggest thing in anime this is going to be oh, you wow. know the next crossover hit the next uh, attack on titan um naruto okay. my my hero academia you know on on that cool. kind of scale and um i can i hope that's the case because i really enjoyed the anime the manga and uh you know i hope to be able to, to talk to people about this show uh, <laughs> I, i'm i'm quietly biding my time uh until i can reveal myself as uh the the coolest person secretly the coolest person in the room when uh when yeah, anime like becomes mainstream <laughs> yeah. they don't they don't know I've read all 99 chapters of Chainsaw Man <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and, and it's it's tough to tough to describe because like the um the, the elevator pitch it just simply would not do it justice because it that would be something like oh it's about a guy who is in crippling debt so he decides to become a demon hunter and it clears that like there's a never never show about a demon hunter i guess um <laughs> yeah uh but it is it is absolutely not that it is it is you know not not generic it is not paint by numbers it's uh it's outrageous and it's uh full of uh the funniest uh, uh over the top moments that i've uh, uh read in the manga cool. the characters are are all like uh just extremely lovable um Great. and uh including one character that i imagine is just simply going to uh destroy the internet when she's introduced uh um, <laughs> right. it's uh yeah i highly recommend chainsaw man that's uh it's a, a great comic series you know it's uh yeah. um it's got that uh, that timely uh capitalism uh, critique going on mm -hmm. whilst also just being uh really really stylish and uh it just has a, a wry and acerbic sense of humor and uh it's about it's about people it understands people unlike the previous shit we've mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's been that's been my uh, entertainment digest. Uh, what, what, what have you been? Uh, what, what have you been watching recently? Uh, so ongoing at the moment, I've been watching this series on Disney Plus uh, called "Why the Last Man," which is I believe oh, hell yeah. a, a comic adaptation. Have you heard of this? Um, I, I read that comic back in the day. Oh really? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't, I don't know much about the comic, but uh, I've been really enjoying the show. Uh, I went into it with really low expectations, I think, because the premise seemed kind of weird to me. But uh, I, I wanted to watch it because it looked like it had the kind of vibe of shows that I like, and mm. I've been really enjoying it. Like, I, I don't a hundred percent buy everything they're selling, like, cause, like, uh, politically, I suppose. Or like mm. even with regards to like human nature, but uh, it's super good. I think uh, I think all the characters are really interesting. It's really well written. Lots of interesting subplots and whatnot. I really hate Yorick, but maybe I just I hate the actor, which is like the, the last man, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, he can do one, but all the female characters are great, and the like a trans male character is really cool. 
I think it's still ongoing. I haven't watched the latest episode yet. It's like an episode a week. So yeah, I've been watching that. Uh, that that was the, the same impression I had reading the uh, the, the comics as well. I think like uh, Yorick yeah. was a, was a bit of a jerk, and everyone else was uh, way cooler. I think I warmed up yeah. to him in the end, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I really enjoyed reading those comics. I read them like fucking. I'm gonna say like ten ten years ago or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, back when. Uh, it had this very Whedon-esque vibe back when Whedon-esque was still a cool thing. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, could, I could kind of see that in a way, maybe. Yeah. It, it's, it's, oh. it doesn't have very much humor, this adaptation. I think that's like a bit funny in really? places. There's, like, there's a couple of characters who are quite funny. But yeah, I think it, it seems quite serious a lot of the time. Uh, but yeah, there is there's oh. humor in places. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, that's that's wild because uh, that's kind of like you know uh, the, the the whole um, uh, conceit. Uh, not even if you were the last person on Earth, that's a I mean that's <laughs> that's humor right there. That should be yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's wild. Well, like I um I didn't realize they made an adaptation of this. I'm I'm definitely going to be checking yes. this out. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's, like I said, still ongoing, an episode a week. So yeah, I've been watching that, and uh, I've been watching this series on Netflix called Sex Education, which uh, it's not like the kind of thing I ever would have watched, but I was looking for something casual one day, and I thought, I'll just give it a try. Uh, And Uh. I'm really enjoying enjoying that. It is kind of what it says on the tin. It's about like sixth form students learning about sex and sexuality. Uh, through their like everyday experiences told through the perspective of a young boy a young boy a teenage boy who is uh, yeah. the child of a, a sex therapist who starts giving sex therapy advice to his fellow students um, oh condolences and it's <laughs> it's pretty funny and it like uh i think it deals with like sex and sexuality and gender really well it, or at least like in a way that i haven't seen other shows do like it gets a lot of stuff really right in my opinion yeah, and it's yeah. like it's quite stylized. Um, I think Tom Nicholas actually has a video about the setting of this show because it's a weird yes. British American hybrid where visually and aesthetically it really looks like it's set in an American high school, but yeah. it's English. And I haven't I haven't watched that video, but I, I'm sure I will. I mean, I mean, either. that that is interesting though. I guess like uh, as a universal high school experiences uh, become expressed through uh, this. Uh, uh, TV serial like high school format, and now like there is only one high school that everyone goes to. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and and also, um, Scully is in it. Gillian uh, Addison. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, that's that's a yeah. that's a selling she, point, definitely. Yeah, she she plays the sex therapist mother, and she's very good in it. I can kind of relate oh. as a person whose mother was a sex therapist. Also, there's parts of it that oh. like got me hooked early because of that. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh shit! The, this show has been on Netflix for a while, uh, and yeah, I've, there's uh, three seasons of it. S- scrolled past it several times, but like every time I see that title, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this show was made by a robots. Uh, I'll be passing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it surprised me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I do. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely surprised me. 
But yeah, that's oh, uh, nice. that's I guess I guess my digest for now. Nothing else really of note. I watch a lot of shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those <people think. laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh, right, give us give us one, one shit. What's a what's a shit one? Uh, well, Shang Chi. I hate I hate to call oh, okay. it shit. It's it's not it's not shit, but those it's flat. And when I was watching it, I kept thinking, "Oh, this is just a bit rubbish, isn't it?" <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay. not very exciting. Um, and simply a bit rubbish. Yeah, just just a little bit rubbish. I'm sure there's other things. Oh, I don't want to call it shit either. But like, I watched a lot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like the the one from like when we were the kids. The new one. Oh, what? No, oh, the, the, right, yeah, right, right. That's that's all, all on Amazon. Uh, I watched a bunch of that, and like, it's pretty entertaining and it holds up quite well still. But it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like necessarily recommend it. <laughs> No, yeah, I guess if you're in a nostalgic mood, but I remember, I remember yeah. watching that show, and that was that was fun. That was a fun show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. There, much. There's part, there's parts of it that like, uh, I don't know, like when I when I watch it now, I think actually these characters are really great, like role models for girls watching at that time. The Sabrina and her two aunts, like they, at least yeah. in the earlier seasons, they always prioritize each other and. Um, their like familial bond over like other stuff later on it becomes all about the boy and like which boy will sabrina date or whatever but the harvey. early seasons are like <laughs> harvey or josh or uh, whoever the other guy was can't remember. Right, there's a love triangle damn yeah i feel like there's a love triangle but i can't remember who the third guy is oh, oh. well that's a that was a, a nice a nice digest hell yeah digest dads yeah, digest that. <laughs> put put that um, in your pipe and digest it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so shall we move on to our isekai definition as uh, yeah. we delve into uh, a new a new series? Good to, as always, remind ourselves of what an isekai is, so that we can uh, kind of contextualize what we're about to dive into. <laughs> Actually, in, in, um, I, I think I might have uh, mentioned this before, but I've got like uh, I've got I've got a new definition here. Oh um, yeah, you you, you can a... do this if you want. You, you yeah, do <laughs> yeah. Oh, like uh, just in, in the interest of uh, keeping things uh, uh, snappy and, and and sleek, I thought let me just mm. uh, compress this, make it a make it real simple and, and easy, mm. and. Um, I came across like a little passage in a in a book I was reading um, that that really uh, stood out to me, and I felt like yeah, that's that that works that works really well. I was reading okay, um, let's hear it. Yeah, I was reading the uh, short fiction uh, collection uh, by Ursula Le Guin uh, called uh, mm. "A Fisherman of the Inland Sea," and it opens okay. with an uh, introduction called uh, "On Not Reading Science Fiction," and. Uh-huh. Uh, it's basically about uh, people who uh, don't like science fiction, who are think it's who think it's for nerds, or you need a big brain to understand science fiction, or mm-hmm. they they can't get into it because you know it's uh, it's these alien worlds, and I don't understand worlds that are not this one. If it's not Pride and Prejudice, then uh, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but then uh, this passage comes up that I, that I find really spoke to me, and it, it reads as follows. All fiction offers us a world we can't otherwise reach, whether because it's in the past or in far or imaginary places, or describes experiences we haven't had, or leads us into minds different from our own. To some people, this change of worlds, this unfamiliarity is an insurmountable barrier. To others, an adventure and a pleasure. And I, I read that and I was like, oh, well, shit. Um, Ursula Le Guin is talking about isekais, actually. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we've covered what, what isekai means in, in previous episodes. You go from one world mm. to another one. And um, it's it's in that it's in that travel and that, that transportation. We've discussed how like uh, isekai as a as a trope as a convention uh, arises in in various uh, other shows as well. And yep. uh, yeah, I think that quote speaks to uh, the inherent pleasure that exists in uh, in being transported to a world that is uh, not this one. And, uh, yeah, I, for I, sure. I, I, as such, I think it definitely fits uh, our show. Yeah, I think so too. Man, she she was a queen, huh? Yeah, <laughs> she's been uh, she's been <laughs> killing it late, lately in my in my reading selection. I'm like, uh, mm. I get through all of her shit. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a very relevant quote to what we're doing now, and definitely explains a lot of the appeal of isekai. I think. Hell yeah. So on this show, what we sometimes like to do is uh, take any media text, be it film, literature, uh, television, and ask the pertinent question, is this actually an isekai in disguise? Uh, and I believe, oh. Lawrence, you've, you've got a, a suggestion for us today. Yes, yes, I do. Um, I was drawn to the... Uh, 1997 uh, Canadian uh, sci-fi horror independent film Cube recently. Cube, you know what? <laughs> Sam suggested this to me when <laughs> no I, I I was like st I was struggling to come up with one like a while ago, and he said I should do Cube. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I can I can get my head around it. So yeah, this is this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, is is Cube an isekai? Um, so. Just to give a little rundown to, to those who may not have seen it, uh, Cube is like a, a, a low-budget film uh, from from uh, nineteen ninety. Did I say nineteen ninety eight? It's nineteen ninety seven. Seven. Uh, yeah, it stars like uh, a, a cast of uh, uh, five or six actors and like uh, these uh, Fred Bear sets that are all cubes. Uh, they're they're dropped into a cube. A prison cube, so to speak, <laughs> a cube prison that are uh, connected uh, via interlocking uh, uh, shafts to other cubes, and uh, each of these uh, cube-shaped rooms uh, contain uh, may or may not contain a deadly trap, such as uh, a razor wire that uh, cubes you. <laughs> <laughs> Sushi slices yeah. you into a bunch of cubes. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a low budget affair, and the script is is kind of goofy. 
but uh, so having watched it last night, I, I thought the performances were like uh, a really strong, and it's like a minimalist aesthetic. Just the really uh, highlights the. The, the, the level of uh, framing and uh, mise-en-scene that is needed to like keep these uh, very similar environments fresh and um, uh, compelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, I watched it uh, about uh, 10 years ago, the first time around, and I thought, right. oh, this is just a, a goofy, goofy little thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. like having watched it yesterday, I was like, damn, Cube, actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you uh you seen the sequels uh, well sequel and prequel i i have not actually but i i might want to i think i might want to now mm. yeah i actually watched the prequel maybe last year sometime uh pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah i won't give too much away but yeah pretty enjoyable it- Yes, I, I, I um, am very curious about the mystery of the cube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but, but just to get into the, the isekai thing of it, um, mm. so these characters, uh, when we first are introduced to them, they're they're inside of this cube. Uh, we never see them uh, leaving the cube for the um, uh, one and a half hours that the movie runs, the, the correct uh, film runtime. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, they they are plucked from their their daily lives, although we don't see their lives, and uh, they're 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 put in this this prison, this uh, bizarre torture prison. You know, one is a cop, one is a doctor, one is a student. Uh, but all we really have to go on is their words. Uh, they talk a little bit about like uh, their their lives outside of the cube. Uh, but, uh, you know, the longer we're with them, uh, the more we're led to, to distrust them or be paranoid about their uh, intentions or, or who they are. Um, you could say, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense, that uh, uh, it's... Um... <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, Cube is other people, but I don't know if that works as a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> the, the the real cube traps are the 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 people that you're trapped with in the cube. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my uh, brain. Yeah, that's um, okay. <laughs> the 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 real cube is the people we met met along the way. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's I'm one sorry. interpretation of it. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, w- w- what I mean to say is that it like uh, plays on um, this uh, um, existentialist fear of uh, alienation and uh, never being able to to comprehend uh, uh, truly the the person that is uh, uh, sat beside you in this uh, life or death situation. This uh, this this game uh, that that we play according to these artificial rules and. Uh, it, it, yeah, in that, um, I I noticed some parallels to uh, the the anime that we're watching today. Um, mm. but, but what do you, what do you think? Uh, does this seem like an isekai to you? Well, it certainly has the element of transportation to another world, and uh, the idea of like having to uh, 
adapt and conform to the new rules of this world to survive and the motivation of like trying to get back uh, to where you came from alongside a colorful cast of characters that you met along the way uh it's in a lot of ways it's very isekai right yeah um i'm trying to remember if like uh did they is there is there any component of memory loss in this movie like do they like they don't remember like how they got brought there or anything do they uh yeah that that's that's the only thing that they forget is like there's a, okay. just a, a blank about how they ended up there in the first place yeah i i, I definitely think it's got a lot in common with these kai genre and this world that they're in as well feels like uh it feels very cold and unforgiving but it, it's also like obviously uh controlled by somebody there's somebody pulling strings it feels like and they so there is sort of like a big looming enemy in a way yeah they like yeah they they have to learn to work together with these people that they don't necessarily have anything in common with in order to like navigate this scary deadly world i think that's something we've seen a bit in uh, isekai so far another parallel to to isekais and the 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 media that isekais often base themselves on cube basically a uh roguelike jrpg like a mystery dungeon isn't it like (laughs) it totally is yeah yeah Yeah, there's puzzles to solve and whatnot yeah yeah proc gen in a way yeah yeah (laughs) it's uh the cube is an indie game cube is a um... (laughs) yeah so i'm 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 thinking cube is an isekai over here yeah i think so too i'm agreeing with you final verdict nice you heard you heard it here first cube (laughs) is an isekai uh, and definitely yeah. check out the the prequel. The sequel, I think, is way less memorable. Uh, the prequel is a little bit more interesting, I think. Oh, Cube Zero. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll check them out. I think I will be checking yeah. them out. I'll update your your spreadsheets, guys. We got another reset. <laughs> right? Before we move on and actually get into the episode summary. Uh, let's just go over. I only have some like really brief production notes for this show. Just a little tiny little bit of info about it. The show is ReZero, starting life in another world, or Re... I don't know, is it Re or Ne in Japanese? Like, I don't know. Zero kara hajimeru isekai seikatsu. And the show is uh, based on a light novel series. I believe there's also a, a manga adaptation, but that came... Uh, I think it came around the same time as the anime if i'm not mistaken oh, really? i didn't write that down oh. yeah um it was aired in uh well april the 4th 2016 and uh last aired march 24th 2021 yeah and um, that was a uh, season two of course the studio responsible <laughs> is white fox uh they also made steins gate the devil is a part-timer and akame ga kill um and after watching these first two episodes, uh, well, the show is written by uh, Masahiro Yokotani, who also wrote Steins Gate, Devil is a Part-Timer, and Black Butler. And after watching these first few episodes, I can now really see a lot of similarities in the writing between Steins Gate, Devil is a Part-Timer, and this show, uh, in uh, terms of like the humour and dialogue and stuff, I think. Uh, yeah. There's, def- there's definitely yeah. similar. Yeah, 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 definitely similarities there. Um 
yeah, I, it's I, a, a bit of a house style. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of cool to see, actually. Yeah, I, I did. I did look up a little stuff, like some stuff about the director, but like I don't think they've like fully directed many other things. They, uh, I, I haven't got their name written down, but they, they oh. he, I believe, did various animation direction for Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, but like not a lot. Um, oh. And also, uh, couldn't really find much other stuff by them that I was familiar with. So, uh, but yeah, now we've got this to get into. So. I will Hell soon yeah. be familiar with this person's work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now now the part you've all been waiting for, the episode summary. Let's go. Uh, we are, of course, starting with episode one, which is called The End of the Beginning and the Beginning of the End. Through Ether's Tragic, I Am Born Again. <laughs> that is on the Batman soundtrack. Batman Forever? Was it, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm Batman yeah. Forever and yeah, Watchmen. Was... Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, for the, those of you that don't know, Smashing Pumpkins uh, song. <laughs> uh. this, this is for the real ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. A young man, our protagonist, Subaru, is in a convenience store reading manga and buying instant noodles. We see flashes of a horrific scene from the point of view of a person lying on the floor in pain, insisting that there is someone there that they will save. As our protag steps outside, the world distorts and changes around him, eventually transforming completely into a busy medieval fantasy-style street. He immediately knows that he has been summoned into a different world. Straight in. This this rocks. (laughs) Yeah, I like how quickly this happened. No fucking around, just straight into the other world. Yeah, just uh, just just dive right into it. Like, uh, uh, I, I think it's I think it's really cool. Also, I'm gonna be. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm gonna be a little bit effusive uh, this episode. I I have I have seen this show, uh, and I remember mm-hmm. liking it, but I don't remember many specific points due to uh, mm-hmm. substances. Um, but. <laughs> But I I remember enjoying it a great deal and like uh, watching it uh, recently. I'm like uh, reminded just just how much or like why I liked it. Um, like mm-hmm. because as you just described, this is like the first first couple of minutes of this anime uh, where uh, a dive we dive right into the premise. But in the 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 couple of short minutes that lead up to this, we're already introduced to uh, this character and this character already feels familiar when we when we encounter yeah, him you right. know yeah like yeah for sure S- subaru is on screen for five seconds and uh and when we know what he's about he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in uh he's reading a manga in a in a convenience store at night so you know this person is not making good decisions in life right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one thing and then when he's looking out of the window of the story, like sees a couple walking by, and he sort of like glares at them, and mm. uh, yeah, and you're like, okay, um, incel vibes. Is this is this dude an incel? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did that? Did you did you um, what what, what did you think of this? The first couple uh. minutes. I, I didn't quite get incel vibes from him. I guess the vibe I got from him is like lonely boy, uh, 
Probably a little yeah, bit I'm, jelly. I'm being harsh, that aren't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, j- j- just before the world transforms, uh, he does say something about like uh, thinking that it's a problem with his eyes and being like, oh, "That's what I get for like just spending all my time gaming." So like, oh, this guy's a hikikomori, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not quite. Yeah. But, you know, he's like uh, obviously a sad, lonely gamer who's like buying unhealthy food at a kombini. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like the atm- it's very it's quite atmospheric. This scene, it's like very quiet, and uh, yeah, it's that nice feeling you get from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like uh, walking through the aisles, picking up a uh, 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 a ramen and and corn chips and stuff, and. Mm. Uh, we, we learn he's like just a little bit sentimental. He holds on to this uh, this rich ten yen coin. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it's a little uh, triv- trivia guy, sentimental trivia guy. I'm mean, like, yeah, I, I I know this guy, or I I I was this guy, except cooler and and more adjusted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I I love especially how uh, the the isekai event takes place because it's literally uh there's a um this winking effects on the screen like yeah. uh just an eye opening and closing and suddenly um where once stood a uh combini is now a fountain in a medieval square and yeah. uh yeah it rocks he knows straight away what's up as well he's like i've been summoned to another world <laughs> it's like even like you know like a little bit like a self-aware yeah like yeah as, as a show i guess yeah yeah he, he knows he knows the score he's not like uh, uh panicked at all he's uh this is mm. uh in a way this is the moment he's been waiting for um <laughs> yeah. his transition to the other world is like in no way tragic or like traumatic it isn't yeah. you know uh uh a plane crash or, or let on from a bump in the head or like uh, escaping uh, uh, a, a war that you started or whatever. He just, he, <laughs> he blinks and he's in a different world and like he realizes immediately, oh, uh, my, my slate has been wiped clean. Um, there are mm. no caveats or preconditions that we're aware of uh, to this happening. Um, so he's he's down with it immediately. He's ready to go. Yeah, for sure. I did like that. We cut briefly to the image of a young woman running across the rooftops, a fancy insignia in hand. On the streets, Subaru reflects on his surroundings before opportunity strikes. Some kind of runaway lizard-pulled cart is rampaging through the streets. Surely our new isekai hero should be able to summon deep power and stop this? Sadly, no. <laughs> he, uh, he watches it uh, all uh, happening before his eyes and he's like, Surely, since I've uh, been summoned to this other world, this is the time that my magic will awaken and I'll be able to save this person lying in the street, but uh, nothing happens. Yeah, he's um, drawn into the uh, uh, this uh, uh, desired isekai fantasy, and mm. uh, he immediately um, falls into a a script that he has uh, set out for yeah. himself. Um, it's just a, um, a instant, like a second nature. He's like set himself up as uh, the hero in this story. He's like a the main character of this world at least uh, mm. that, that's how he, how he feels in this moment yeah he, he's got a, a set of expectations for this uh, world he's been uh, transported 
uh, uh, too. And uh, I wonder if this was a, a little bit like uh, the, <laughs> the teen prodigies as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like this, um, he's, he's found himself in this new location and uh, he can't help but uh, take advantage of it somehow or expect that his, uh, this, this world reward him simply for existing and being a part mm, of it. But, right, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we see more of this. <laughs> we do, yeah. yeah. Um, can I just say how much I, I did really like the weird lizard people in this world? It's the like, oh, it's like l- lizard men, yeah. I like them a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's um, looking. yeah. Just uh, we're still only just describing the first couple minutes of this show. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I'm sure this, this this may have occurred to you as well. Just like these uh, first couple of minutes, just have so much more world building in them than mm-hmm. like all of high school prodigies have it easy in the <laughs> world. Um, yeah. there, there's just a greater level of craft, a greater level of uh, attention to detail. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's this uh, this architecture. There's a uh, medieval traffic, like uh, carts being pulled by giant lizards. Yeah, and, it feels uh, a lot more alive. I think. Yes, yeah. It's a uh, it's uh, a living world that he's uh, been drawn into and expects to be the the protagonist of, um, mm. yeah, which is which is a lot more jarring, a lot more, uh, yeah, just a, a lot more jarring. Subaru finds himself at a market and he talks to a fruit vendor who tells him that the place they're in is called uh, Lagunica. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Lagunica. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he stumbles name. around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantasy name. Uh, he stumbles around for a little bit before ending up in an alleyway, fuming at his lack of magical powers, uh, talking to himself about it. <laughs> and in this alley, Subaru is soon accosted by a gang of three street ruffians who advance menacingly. We sort of uh, uh, skip over uh, uh, Subaru's um, various um, uh, attempts at coming to grips with the world that he's in, like uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> accidentally walking into yeah, a, 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 a women's loo, accidentally walking into a um, bar full of demi-humans. We're experiencing this this uh, guy being gradually feeling gradually more and more alienated in this world that he thought he would be uh, the hero of, and I, I think um, I think the um, the fruit vendor here, uh, as mm-hmm. as we find out a little bit later, uh, serves as a, a bit of an anchor in terms yeah, of. Right. Uh, the, the 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 return to death which we'll get to but also in terms mm-hmm. of like uh, uh grounding him in uh the principles of this world and like waking him up a little bit yeah. Yeah, uh yeah, yeah, because right, yeah. uh like uh he's talking to this fruit vendor and uh the moment this fruit vendor figures out that uh subaru is actually broke doesn't have any money <laughs> Uh, he loses all interest in, in him and chases him <laughs> away from his <laughs> fruit stand. <laughs> right, really, yeah. Really harshly, unceremoniously, pissed the fuck off dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, which uh, brings up uh, one theme uh, 
uh, that that I've been uh, noticing throughout these couple of episodes that I think is a uh, worth uh, paying attention to is that of relationships and more exactly transactional relationships. Um. Mm, <laughs> yes, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like um, this show does a really good job actually of showing us as the viewer that actually this protagonist is pretty small in this world. Like he maybe sticks out a little bit because of his clothes and his hair, but. He really is just like a face in the crowd. Like no one's really interested in him, or like no one really wants to talk to him. Uh, he's very vulnerable, uh, yeah. and yeah, I think the show does a good good job of like not just spelling him out as the like uh, exceptional hero right away. You know. Mm-hmm. So these street ruffians are briefly interrupted by the rooftop girl from earlier, but she says she's in a rush and can't stop to help. Uh, she dashes away. Now on his own, and still believing himself to be in possession of a magical power of some kind, Subaru throws a punch at one of the gang. Uh, however, it is no good, and they beat the heck out of him. That is, until an- another young woman with silver hair appears in search of something that has been stolen from her. This oh, is a, our oh. first introduction. He's, he's like talking a lot in this time uh, about, like, where is the cute girl that supposed to like help me out now that i'm here or whatever yeah at first he thinks it might be rooftop girl but now he's like aha now it's the silver-haired woman uh he's definitely yeah. bought into the conventions of the genre in his mind like he's still aware of them yeah after he's after genre being, literate yeah after being like uh alienated and, and brought back down to earth he still he sits down in this alley and he uh, uh literally uh, uh, loudly exclaims, "This is not going according to my scripts." Is, is what he says. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and and his, he like um, talks about his um his starting items, doesn't he? Like his phone wallet yeah. and his like noodle snack. It's like these yeah. little shit starting items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's genre literate. He, he he knows the he knows the score, and uh, despite everything being spelled out to him, and uh, now he's still convinced that um he is entitled <laughs> loaded loaded word here but i think uh, appropriate uh, to uh, uh, a, a cute girl who is supposed to have summoned him <laughs> here how does this play out we'll, we'll find out yeah right um so yeah this this woman that's appeared she's like looking for something that has been stolen and the ruffians sent her off in the direction of the girl from earlier who like I, I can't remember if she said she was looking for her insignia and they saw the girl carrying it or if like that girl was in a rush so they just assumed that she's got it. I can't remember exactly. Um, but they send her off to her. Mm. Um, but uh, before she leaves, the woman decides to stop and help Subaru with some magic spells and a cute cat spirit. And she manages <laughs> to get rid of all three of them. Hell yeah, hell yeah a couple things here one these three uh, uh ruffians these tough guys um they they've got more personality between them than anyone in the cast of high school prodigies <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do don't they yeah just, just them alone their their designs are like uh just a uh, uh, hilarious and and um 
<laughs> striking. And their their um, dynamic is quite funny as well. Yeah, yeah, and they're just side characters, really. Um, yeah. Uh, Subaru refers to them as lumps of exp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of uh, funny things that happen here. Um, Subaru. Mm. Uh, believing himself to be strong, like uh, uh, believing this uh, uh, this transport this isekai transportation to have like uh, imbued him with strength, like uh, lashes out at these uh, assailants. Um, mm-hmm. In a sense, uh, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. He believes he is strong, so he became strong. But uh, then, in the face of like uh, actual adversity, sort of like uh, crumples. You know, the moment uh, one of the the, the fugs like uh, uh, brandishes his his dagger, is he's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> no longer is capable. Mm. He's scared. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the the silver haired lady shows up. Yeah, I've got I've got a, a lot to say about her as well. But like, uh, is just so far, the characters that we've encountered just uh, just accept- exceptionally strong designs, and uh, mm, yeah. hers I, I I like especially. Um, mm. She's um, just a, a unique uh, appearance. The silver hair, like a uh, uh, white uh, robes of uh, lilac highlights. She uses ice magic. Uh, we mm. already noticed she has kind of a peculiar way of speaking, like uh, uh, <laughs> uh, hurried, and uh, she has yes. a, a funny vocabulary. Um, <laughs> and it, it like uh, works together to create like a, just a, a great uh, first impression of like uh, this mm. character who um, uh, who has uh, h- hidden depths. <laughs> it, yeah, and also Puck is fucking adorable. Yeah, Puck is cute, yeah. Little cat spirit. Yeah, uh, I definitely ag- agree. She's like, um, I-, I think it would be really easy to make like the cute girl who help- helps the protagonist character be like super generic and uh, uh, like Lyril, for example. Um, yeah. But uh, this character, she, uh, I-, I think w- one of the things I was thinking when uh, watching the discussions between her and Subaru uh is that it kind of almost feels like Aaron Sor- the Aaron Sorkin of anime. Like, the way they talk is, like, <laughs> really, really, f- like, fast and, like, uh, quick-firing at each other. Um, yeah. And, like, quite witty. And they say a lot very quickly. I don't know. It kind of reminds me yeah. of Aaron Sorkin or something. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't think that's uh, very far off to mark. This is a remarkably uh, talky anime, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of words in this anime. It's very wordy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but every every time a character does open their mouth to say something, it it always like uh, serves to, to to flesh out that character, and we learn like it does. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we we learn so much about uh, Emilia in these these couple of minutes that we were introduced to her. Like, well, we'll get mm. to that. Uh, Subaru passes out and awakens on the lap of the cat spirit, who has expanded to human size. It's kind of horrifying at human size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um the silver the silverhead woman asks for Subaru's help in tracking down her stolen insignia. Uh after some discussion he agrees and goes with her and her cat, claiming it to be his good deed for the day. And like like said, there there's a lot of talking here, um, that I'm kinda of skimming over, but like they're based like 
I, I guess it's kind of a discussion about like who helped who and do they owe a favor uh mm. and like uh should like should he help her or whatever and he he draws some conclusions about her as a person that like help him make his mind up like uh because she stopped to help him he's yeah. he says something like this is somebody that's gonna end up wasting their life uh, yeah or something like that yeah i thought that was yeah, interesting that's... yeah he, he definitely would... like sees sees something in her that he recognizes i think yeah yeah there's there's a lot that that's going on in these uh these couple of scenes just uh uh it's, it's so so rich and, and so dense uh like a like mm. a delicious uh flan it's um <laughs> um yeah so when this uh this this lady encounters uh subaru um she has a, a goal she's been uh chasing a, a girl that's stolen something from her uh, uh, but uh, despite this this very pressing goal um she can't help but stand up for uh this guy that's getting the shit kicked out of him puck uh, her her cat's familiar uh, sort of like uh, a joke setter for it even it's like uh you should be should be going after uh the, the the other girl but you're going to stay here and and help him aren't you uh so e- even if she is disadvantaged she feels like she has to like uh, stand up for uh someone who is uh, who is in trouble uh a, a weaker mm. individual but she doesn't she doesn't let any of this on she doesn't let on that she's like a kind person who who feels the need to help people in her mind mm. she sort of twists this inconvenience as simply being part of her agenda <laughs> like yes, uh, yeah, I, right. I i helped you because you can tell me who the person was that stole my thing and even when subaru says he, he doesn't know who it was she considers this uh this this statement by him to be enough repayment for having like tended to him while he was passed out yeah and <laughs> and so she concludes like uh, this business has is has been concluded uh, this business is over this transaction is complete uh, she wants to establish with uh, this person that she she hardly knows that her actions and relationships are are coldly rational and transactional but that's mm-hmm. that's not true and puck even says that she says she's so insincere <laughs> yeah. yeah right <laughs> but she wants she wants Subaru to believe that she would not be helping him unless it could further her goal somehow. But mm. yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a. It's, despite it being low key, it's such a like explosive and um, full of verve kind of introduction. It's like mm. it's there's <laughs> a lot that happens here. There is, yeah. They say a lot. The three of them then search the town to no avail. And so stop to rest and chat. They exchange names. The cat is named Puck. And the woman claims her name is Satella, though Puck seems really perturbed by this. Seems like a, like it's probably not her real name. Uh, and and dur- during this time, they talk a little bit about Subaru, like, he, like how pretty his hands are and how he obviously hasn't really worked. And I think he describes oh. himself as a hikikomori. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like a little bit more like character stuff going on in this scene, like tell you a little bit more about them and sh- and show you a little bit more about them as well. It's just like 
the way they express themselves physically, I guess, like Subaru's like striking poses and like joking about how broke he is. And Satel is still very like a uh, coy, but still like very direct. Uh, oh, there's a a bit where um, uh, Puck Puck suggests they introduce each other, and like Puck like flies into Subaru's hand and shakes. Yeah, it. yeah, that was cute. Yeah, <laughs> oh, just absolutely adorable. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. After recommencing their search, Satella and Subaru come across a lost child who they stop to help. Subaru calms the child's nerves with a magic trick using a ridged 10 yen coin she had earlier in the kombini. Uh, eventually, they uh, help her back to her grateful mother, who's, I guess, not, not too far away. Oh, side quest completed. Yeah, that's what it felt a bit like, yeah. <laughs> Subaru and Satella stop to chat on a bridge. Here, Satella reveals that she is a half-elf. Subaru calls her cute and says something about how ha- like elves are always really beautiful, uh, which seems to really confuse and disturb her so much that Puck gives him a little like whack in the face, but then I don't think it was quite a whack in the face, was it? Like, I couldn't really understand what it was about. Puck seemed uh, like ha- happy, but Satella seemed pissed off. He was he was cringing. <laughs> just like cringing, it was too right, yeah. It was too cringe for him. He like uh, yeah. uh Puck like emerges and like gives him like a feather light tap on the cheek with his tiny cat paw. <laughs> it's, it's it's adorable. It's just standing there like I can't stand this feeling. But I, I think yeah. it's also like a little bit ambig- ambiguous, but I I read it as like uh Puck just just feeling like a kind of cringe at this uh yeah, this moment. yeah sure this moment is is really great and and dense as well it's just like they have a very short conversation mm-hmm. but it's like reveals so much about them again yeah right yeah like so we established that like perhaps uh Satella is quite a bit older than subaru although it's not confirmed mm-hmm. um yeah. because she's a because she's a half elf maybe um, and also, when Satella reveals that uh, she's a half elf, she sort of expects to be rejected. Um, she does, but, yeah. Yeah, I think this is like a, a little bit the same as, as when she sort of uh, introduces herself as Satella. Uh, yeah, so she expects to be rejected, but like it only serves to enhance Subaru's scripts. You know, mm, it's like uh, right, yeah. this this maiden that summoned me is also a half elf. And uh, therefore, uh, ka-ching, bonus, um, uh, this is the, the one for me. This is my literal right here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Um, the, there, there is a, another exchange. Uh, Subaru and uh, Satella sort of interrogate each other's uh, uh, internal models a little bit. Like earlier when uh, Subaru like offers to help Satella in her retrieval of her insignia, mm. Subaru sort of like couches it as being like his his one good deed in the day of the day, right? Yes, yeah. Um, so uh, in a sense, uh, Satella is presenting this front that all of her actions are transactional when perhaps they aren't, while Subaru mm. presents his proposal 
to, to help her as being purely altruistic, right? When it's yeah. evident that he has some sort of ulterior motive, right? I don't know if you I don't know if you could call it an ulterior motive, but he has he has an expectation here, right? The, yes. The, the implication of the implication, uh, <laughs> the implication of, of helping this cute elf girl in a, in a world that you've been summoned to is that the the cute elf girl is beholden to you in some way. Mm. Uh, of course, this is this is more my reading rather than what uh, Subaru is telling us. But you know, could that be going on in in his head? Is this kindness that he's supposedly doing? Uh, uh, is is this something that he's doing out of kindness, or is he latching onto uh, Satella uh, as some sort of isekai conquest goal? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I know what you yeah. Mean. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in this moment, Satella is like, "Well, it seems your good day, good deed for today has been cleared," and mm-hmm. <laughs> and Subaru is like. You realize that, like helping the the little girl, is like uh, uh, put you even further back in your uh, quest to retrieve your your precious item, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's like uh, these these holes are being revealed in their their internal models. These uh, uh, what what they believe to be uh, uh, good and right, um, and, yeah. and it's revealed that neither of them believe very firmly in in these these things, and. Mm-hmm. Um, in a mirroring of uh, Subaru saying, uh, this is the kind of girl that is going to waste her life. Uh, mm-hmm. Satella also says to Subaru, the, the way you live your life, you're going to end up wasting it, aren't you? Yeah, she does say that, doesn't she? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think this, this episode is kind of fantastic, if that isn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the writing is good. Good writing in this show. Um, it's like pretty well done, like pretty like smartly constructed. I think it's yeah, it's top tier stuff, top shelf, top shelf mm. anime. <laughs> uh, so they decide to get back to their search after this. With Subaru suggesting they return to the scene of the crime right in front of the fruit vendor from earlier. The vendor is reluctant to answer their question since they're both dirt poor losers. Uh, <laughs> however, it turns out that the lost child from earlier belongs to this man. So out of gratitude, he agrees to help them in their search for the insignia. Um, so oh. obviously their, their, their good deed uh, goes rewarded. Uh, ends up working out for them that they did that, even though it like, uh, shaved some time off the clock. Uh, yeah. And that there is an exchange here where like, uh, Subaru sets uh, it up as though Satella's going to become uh, a loyal customer if he helps them, but then she's like, yeah. uh, I don't have any money, why are you saying this dumb stuff about me? <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, and like his immediate reaction to two uh, broke people in his shop is like, piss the fuck off this guy. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love his dedication so like, um, if you're broke, just don't talk to me. <laughs> no, bro- no broke bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very good. They they do offer a payment of of sorts uh, when when they uh, when, when he realizes that like uh, they they um, brought his daughter back to 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 her mother. Um, so 
uh, in in exchange for for completing this side quest they they get to make one request of him which is you know, oh, right. this yeah, is, yeah. this is what a transaction looks like uh take notes mm. <laughs> uh later that evening satella and sibaru are wandering wandering through the poor part of town sibaru reckons that the attitudes of the people living here are awful uh, he, he says that. I didn't quite get yeah. what that was about. Um, uh, but a, a, apparently the girl who took the insignia is named Felt and lives in the area too. Felto. 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 Yeah, these, these guys um, really gotta uh, pick themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah. Uh, they a got bunch pissed of losers. Poor <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so after this we get like a really brief uh, little, little bit of, I guess world building explanation about like Puck uh, explaining that as a spirit he can only exist in the world from like 9 to 5 or like 9 to 5 is like the best time for him to be out in the world and he spends the rest of the time inside a crystal uh, and since his manor is almost out for the day he then returns to the crystal so like we, we don't know much about what these spirits are but that just kind of like gives you a little bit of a uh, little bit of a tip bit of yeah. info yeah yeah yeah, just a, a little nug, like um, Puck says, like, if you need me in an emergency, like, use your Odo or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it just the, the world building is just uh, is so, so simple and, like, woven into the fabric of, like, uh, this, this story so well that it kind of becomes invisible. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, for sure. That was one thing mm-hmm. I thought it did really well, actually, was, like, uh, there wasn't lots of like heavy, annoying exposition. A lot of the world building was like woven naturally into conversation. Um, oh. So, like in in this moment, Park's like yawning because it's like the evening, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna have to like go back in the crystal now." It's like makes sense. It gives it gives it gives us an explanation of what it is, but it also feels very natural. Like this would happen at this time, and he would be saying that stuff because Subaru doesn't know. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think that's one thing that the show does really well. It also makes you wonder just a little bit further at this relationship between uh, Satella and Puck. They seem to mm. uh, be really friendly with each other, uh, mm-hmm. but Puck can only be out between uh, nine and five. Like uh, <laughs> it, it, it almost it almost seems like a, a job of sorts. And uh, Subaru even yes. makes that kind of comment. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so like it, it makes you wonder: is this just another transaction, or is there more to this relationship? You know. Mm, yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, As Satella and Subaru continue their search through the slums, Satella decides to consult with some lesser spirits, as she calls them. I think she says they're like they haven't quite become spirits yet, like puckers, uh, but they're like halfway mm. there or something. Uh, and she is then surrounded by these blue glowing lights, uh, and from these she learns the direction that felt escaped in. Yeah. Uh, they ask a passing man for help, and he directs them to Old Man Rom's loot house, and he says something like "Live strong," like a catchphrase this guy seems mm. to have whenever they see. Him. Oh well, yeah, felt says it too. Yeah, felt does it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone out here is like live strong. So they arrive at the loot house and decide that Subaru should go inside and look for the insignia. Yeah, he's he suggests that he's gonna do it, and uh, 
Satel is just like, yeah, sure. And he, I think he's like surprised that uh, she didn't argue with him. I think he has like expectations about her personality based on probably oh. his script. And she yeah. doesn't often meet those expectations, which I think is quite cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is a, a funny little bit, and it's sort of it's played for humor, and it's like really innocuous, so you can like gloss over it if you're just like watching casually. Uh, but uh, in in this scene, uh, Subaru in a sense tries to uh, reconcile like Satella with these two with two anime girlfriend models that he has rattling around in his head, right? Um, yeah. It's like, for, first he's like, um, oh, aren't you going to, like, uh, uh, chastise me? You're like, and he, he like, um, says this stock sundere phrase, right? <laughs> Something, uh, I, I don't remember what he says exactly, but it's like, you know, a stock sundere phrase. And then mm-hmm. uh, um, Satella is like, um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he, <laughs> he he says like a a, a never like a cutesy anime as fuck phrase like a gambate kurasai like a yeah. mm-hmm, wink wink <laughs> and Satella's standing there like oh, what the fuck are you on about <laughs> like <laughs> uh, but she's uh, she can't help but like uh, be sincere and like uh, just sort of like uh, well I, I don't know what you're talking about but uh, good good luck I guess. Um, yeah. For Subaru, uh, Satella is uh, in this moment not meeting his uh, anime GF expectations. Mm, yeah, absolutely. He lets himself into the house, which appears to be empty. As he looks around, Subaru steps in blood and finds a grisly murder scene. A giant man slumped over, dead and dripping with blood. Kind of horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a woman's voice calls out to him, telling him that he is unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time before he is struck down. And I should clarify, like, this is a woman being like, sorry, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm going to kill you now, rather than, like, someone warning him or whatever. Yeah, uh, she, uh, she's she's the killer. Uh, yeah. And collapsing on the ground, Sibari finds that he's been slashed in the belly, and he begins to cough up blood. See. He bleeds out. He dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Satella actually comes in looking for him before that, uh, and he kind of croaks at her to run away. And this is obviously the scene, that, like the flashes that we saw at the start of the show, uh, like juxtaposed oh. with the combini scenes. Um, and Satella is also struck down by the mysterious woman, and she seems to be bleeding out too. And as Subaru looks on in horror, he insists that he will definitely save her. Just like at the start of the show. Full circle. Loop-de-loop. <laughs> Hack into the gates. Hack into the gate, reading Steiner. Uh, our protag seems to then regain consciousness back at the fruit vendor with fruit vendor guy. The scene is awfully familiar. <laughs> uh, I- uh, I-, I love the way that the series like uh, shifts to like a grim and horrific, just uh, yes, a yeah. sudden and without fanfare, uh, just as uh, Subaru is transferred to the other world. But you know, one moment mm-hmm. you're having a, a, a regular ass evening, and the next moment you're in the middle of a, a fucking slaughter, and uh, the tone changes appropriately. It's a uh, very yes, well done. Yes, yeah. It, it, it does it without causing tonal whiplash. 
It makes sense. Ooh. It's well done. Subaru, uh, confused, realizes that his belly wound has gone. His main concern, though, is Satella. He runs off in search of her, only to find himself back in that same alley with those same three street ruffians from earlier. They don't seem to recognize him, though. They demand he hand over his valuables and ask him to get on all fours and talk like a dog. <laughs> like, get on all fours and say, help me, in a dog voice. <laughs> I didn't quite get that, but it was funny. Subaru doesn't have time for this shit. He knocks two of them down and kicks another in the nutsack before making his way back to the loot house in the slums. Yeah, he actually manages to take all three of them down. Uh, and I guess like he's probably got a bit of adrenaline pumping he's uh, highly motivated yeah. to go and save Satella I guess he believes her to still be there and like bleeding out or whatever yeah, yeah he's like uh, he's just died he's disoriented and traumatized mm-hmm. and he somehow believes um, that Satella is still at the loot house so there must be all kinds yes. of shit going through his head you know he bangs on the door it's it's actually it's afternoon or like morning or whenever like before when he was at the loot house it was night time. Um, so he, mm-hmm. he bangs on the door and is greeted by the same giant man that he had seen dead and bloody when he was here before. Guy lets him in. They like sit. At, I guess it's like like a pub almost. Um, yeah, it's a pub they, full they of loot. It's a loot pub. <laughs> yeah. They they kind of sit at the bar and uh, they chat for a bit. Subaru asks the giant, uh, old man Rom, if he's ever died before, which he obviously hasn't, or obviously <laughs> says he hasn't. Uh, so Subaru wonders if what happened before could have been a dream. There's a funny moment here where like, the giant is like, you're interrupting my evening blues, <laughs> you better not talk about boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love that line, you're interrupting my evening booze. <laughs> It's afternoon yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. He would like he would rather be sitting drinking alone. This guy's like interrupting him. Yeah, <laughs> I like this that. guy rules. Yeah. 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 So at, at uh, this point, um it it seems uh the Subaru Wizard demonstrated himself to be, you know, strong, determined, clever. He's got people skills. Um, I, I feel like the show is sort of purposefully leading you to the question, uh, so why he wa- why was he a hikikomori then, you know? Like, what's up with that? Yeah, I guess so. I haven't really thought about that before. Yeah, he's obviously good at talking to people. He, like, doesn't really have any qualms or reservations about it. He's not shy by any no. means. No, he can be quite charming if he wants to. He was able to, like, uh help help the little girl and he's like a uh, uh, sociable knows how to talk to people like mm-hmm. so what's yeah, up what's up really subaru yeah. yeah uh obviously subaru starts asking the giant rom about this insignia uh rom hasn't heard of it but he says that the girl felt is bringing in some loot later um while they well while they wait for her Rom chows down on Subaru's like corn snack. <laughs> oh. I really like the like his giant hands, all these potato chips. Yeah, he loves yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was nice. Uh, once Felt arrives, Subaru starts the negotiations for the insignia that she's stolen from Satella. Subaru decides to offer her his cell phone, 
claiming that the camera inside it is a magical device that traps a moment in time. He like does so by taking a, a photo of her and Rom, and like I just love their like eyes are all uh, like you know in terrible pictures when like someone's eyes yeah. go white or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, like that. They're reflecting light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rom, impressed, wonders if the device could be a meteor, a device that allows non-magic users to use magic. He reckons it's worth at least 20 holy coins. I thought this was like another good example of them like naturally weaving world building into conversation because oh. they could so easily have established Meteor in like a much more clumsy way. But like he's got this device right here. It could be one. And like obviously the yeah. two like Felt and Subaru don't know what that is. So he has to explain what it is. It, it just feels good. Like doesn't feel like yeah. exposition. Yeah, and um, sort of uh, Ram's role here is uh, one of uh, an older, wiser uh, connoisseur of goods. Um, Yes. And uh, uh, another relationship is established here between Ram and Felt. They seem to have like Mm -hmm. uh, one of uh, a relationship of, of mutual benefit, um, but there's Mm -hmm. also a great deal of affection beneath that. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't gotten into uh, that quite yet. Um, but it, their their brief interactions here are like <laughs> just uh, it, it makes them feel instantly likable, and neither, neither of them mm. feel like token characters, and their actions, their interactions feel lived in. Like mm-hmm. uh, Rum hands her a a glass of of milk, and she's like, "If you <laughs> yeah. watered this down." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I only want the purest milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the it's a it's a dumb joke, but like in in the delivery and like uh, the the acting for for lack of a better word, uh, mm. it's it's it just it clicks really well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They they're both really likable. Um, I re- I really like Rom. I think he's very cool. I love his facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like I like Feltz a lot too. Like uh, like uh, both of these characters, and uh, uh, Feltz uh, becomes uh, more and more sympathetic over the course of these episodes. Um, mm. Like uh, and and so far we've like encountered many many like uh, transactions taking place between people, and like uh, Feltz uh, is a, a young girl. Uh, she wants, but she wants a seat at the table. She wants to be running mm, her own yeah. transactions, you know. And uh, yeah. in this opportunity to pit uh, Subaru against like uh, the person we're about to be introduced to, this is uh, this is her chance to, um, you know, lead the way. Mm, yeah, sure. Rom says that he thinks the meteor is worth at least twenty holy coins. I think it's mentioned that like. Uh, well, Felt, Felt isn't really satisfied by this because uh, she wants to wait for her client before settling on the sale. It seems that she was uh, contracted by somebody to, to steal this particular item. And I think they say they're offering her like 10 holy coins. Um, oh. Even though obviously Subaru can get her more money, she wants to yeah put them against each other. She wants even more negotiations. <laughs> oh. She wants more money. And so uh, fortunately, her client happens to arrive right now. Uh, she lets them in, and it's a scantily clad woman with a creepy smile. Uh, yes, uh, my uh, psychopath mommy. Um, 
ready to throw it all away for for Elsa here. She's, uh, <laughs> oh my god. She kind of reminds me of Lust from uh, from Alchemist, like just in her yeah. design and stuff. <laughs> yeah, who who I who I also absolutely adore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They discuss the situation, I think, over booze, or at least uh, Elsa's drinking. Um, the lady named Elsa, uh, she offers 20 holy coins on the behalf of her employer against Subaru's cell phone. Belt and Rom decide that Subaru's offer is actually better, and they tell Elsa to get lost. <laughs> in, so, in so many words. Um, and she does seem okay with this at first, despite clearly being a psycho. Uh, until Sibaru lets slip that he intends to return the insignia to Satella. Or he doesn't say Satella, he says he wants to return it to the person it belongs to. And this really sets Elsa off. She um, she says something like, oh, so you're with them, whoever that means. And she strikes at him with a fat blade, which he dodges with Felt's help, and uh, all hell breaks loose from here, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elsa does battle with Rom and his big spiked club, but she takes him down pretty easily. She, I think she cuts his arm off. Is that right? Uh-huh. I couldn't yeah. really tell. Yeah, she cuts and his then... arm off and then like, yeah, then she like has a smashed cup, which she jams into his throat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty it's, gruesome. Uh, it's gruesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, after we've just like met this person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like uh, Felt does like this, uh, uh, this a uh, really cool dash at her, but she like uh, cuts cuts her it, like uh, uh, rends her asunder, uh, and, like uh, yeah, casts her to the side, and like um, it's a very brief moment, but like uh, just a stunning like a uh, uh, couple couple minutes of uh, animation, or like uh, this uh, mm-hmm. flowing fight choreography that like. Uh, yeah. Um, it really demonstrates the kind of tonalities that the show wants to play with. Like uh, suddenly, this uh, this character that you were like uh, developed a fondness for, like loses an arm and gets a, mm. um, yeah, yeah. a broken glass gouged into his throat. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like this, the show is like daring you. It's like I I fucking dare you to care about these characters. I dare you. I know it's fucking alarming, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Felt meets the same fate as Rom. She's uh, taken down, presumably yeah, killed. There's, there's another moment of like really subtle world building here. Like uh, uh, Felt does like this uh, this magical appearing like a uh, dash towards Elsa, mm, and Elsa yeah. says, "She says, I see you are loved by the world." And uh, it's a, a very interesting comment there. It makes me go like, "Damn." <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it's a good moment. Uh, so after taking care of those two, Elsa turns her attention to sub uh, to Subaru, uh, who she like goads and like says, "How come you just sat there while your friends died?" And just like last time, he receives a slashed belly for his trouble. Elsa taunts him mercilessly as his consciousness fades, and he once again wakes up back at the fruit vendor. Uh, this this was a very cool moment uh, as well. Mm. I feel like they do a great job of like uh, showing the the abject fear and pain in like uh, this this yeah. moment of death. 
Um, this, this isn't, this isn't simply like, uh, dying in a dark souls and then like going back to your last bonfire or like, uh, loading up a quick save or something like, uh, Mm -hmm. Subaru is, um, is in uh, abject pain here. Yeah. Um, It's gruesome. Yeah. He's, he's taunted by, by Elsa. He's like slowly the life is leaving him. And um, yeah, he, he experiences the, the trauma of like uh, of of dying, and uh, he, he he returns, he comes back, but uh, I don't think he doesn't know in that moment that he'll he'll be back. And even if he yeah. did, um, you know, this this isn't just a, a clean break. Like dying isn't an, an easy thing to do. No, um, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when he stands in front of the uh, the fruit vendor again, you just gotta imagine just what is going on in uh, that that traumatized psyche. Yeah, he's terrified while it's happening. Yeah. He's like incredibly scared, and it it's like a very like you said disorientating moment because while he is dying in pain and blood and fear, uh, uh, Elsa is like saying nasty stuff to him about like oh. how nice the color of his blood is and. Uh, taunting him for being scared and whatnot yeah it's unpleasant yeah she's nasty (laughs) so here at the fruit vendor i think well at first he kind of subaru kind of collapses and um for a change fruit vendor guy actually like it shows a bit of kindness uh gives him an apple and some water which is nice then uh subaru spots satella strolling through the streets uh, he runs after her, tries to apologize to her, but she doesn't know who he is. She doesn't recognize him. And she reprimands him for calling her Satella, the name of the jealous witch. <sighs> New phone, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, so this is like obviously confirmation that she lied about her name. And obviously like also confirmation that we're in a, some kind of loop here. Like she doesn't think she's met him. She doesn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Groundhog's Day, uh, Russian doll esque <laughs> situation. Yes. Yeah, so this this person that uh, Subaru has like sort of idolized in his mind, like uh, uh, really uh, really put this uh, person on a, a pedestal, uh, suddenly sees him as a, a stranger. Um, mm. he, he doesn't even have the time to process like his previous death at all like uh, mm. the moment he sees Satella he sort of springs to action and like uh, calls out her name and she responds to to him like uh, he just shouted the n-word at her yeah <laughs> and, uh, right. yeah it's uh, it hurts it's uh, and Subaru mm. it looks uh, confused uh, he mm. says um, sorry for being selfish um, yeah. we don't know we don't know what selfishness he's referring to exactly but like uh, mm, yeah, he feels true, the yeah. need to to apologize here but like uh, yeah it doesn't it falls on deaf ears and that that's the end of uh, episode one <sighs> fucking what an excellent first episode I just uh, <laughs> just gotta say it again it's just uh, killer killer anime <laughs> so much going on uh, just 15 minutes of like uh, uh, back to back, just uh, top tier uh, world building and characterization, setting up for a uh, uh, a a great story. 
yeah. It's a... mm, yeah, like, honestly, before talking about it with you, I wasn't totally sold. But I think, like, after hearing you talk about it a bit, like, and agreeing with a lot of stuff you're saying, like, I think my, my opinion of it has gone up a bit. Or, like, quite a lot, oh. I guess. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, and we, I'm, we can... I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear about this in the, uh, where we get to the in closing, closing thoughts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I've got a, uh, a quick uh, say you segment. Great, uh, let's hear it. Yeah, I'm going to keep these uh, nice and uh, and brief uh, for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I got the, the voice of Puck, uh, which is done by uh, mm-hmm. Uchiyama Yumi. Um, this is the voice of... Uh, Kisaki Mayumi in uh, Hataraku Mao-sama. This is uh, Mao's boss. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. She's got a she's got a, a whole lot of uh, of her credits as well, but this one uh, seemed seemed relevant to us. Like uh, uh, Mao's boss only shows up a couple of times, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is this is her voice, <laughs> and <laughs> this is also the voice of uh, Root Seal in uh, another show I really like called Land of the Lustrous. Mm-hmm. Which is about um, a non-binary minerals, uh, animated minerals, uh, uh, come to life uh, and doing battle with um, Buddhist aliens from the moon in a um, far future dystopia. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's wild and uh, really awesome. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, just just puck for now. <laughs> All right, it's a good one. That was brief. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have more of those as uh, as we go on with the show, the series. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to episode two then. This is called "Reunion with the Witch." Satella explains that the jealous witch is taboo, which rouses sounds of agreement from the onlookers in the street. She turns to leave, at which point Felt appears and pickpockets the insignia. Satella runs after her, Subaru follows. At this point, I think Satella accuses Subaru of being in on it. She's like, oh, is it your job to stall me while she got ready to steal my insignia? So he hasn't gotten off to a good start with her this time. No, no, not quite. Uh, in my subtitles, they uh, call uh, Satella the Witch of Envy. Um, yeah, so it was on on Crunchyroll. It was the Jealous Witch, but on uh, an, another place that I watched it, it was uh, the Witch of Envy. Yeah, I wasn't really sure yeah. which to go with. Yeah, but, but like e- either one of them, are just uh, I feel like they're very evocative names for like uh, this this entity that we haven't been introduced to, right? It's like uh, yeah, right, yeah. Well, sh- well, you have my attention now. Like, uh, who who is this uh, jealous witch? Like, that's mm, awesome. Yeah, why why did uh, our like female friend use her name if she's so taboo? Yeah, yeah. I I also appreciate how um, the the onlookers there are like, yeah. What the fuck was that about? Why'd you call me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a lizard so, man in the background nodding in agreement. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was uncalled for. Uh, yeah, so it's this is not just taboo to her. This is taboo to to everyone. Like mm, Subaru yeah. may may as well have been shouting the n word. <laughs> Terrible behavior. So our protag finds himself again in the alley with the ruffians. 
This time, he tells them to buzz off. He like pretty much tells them, like, I don't have time for this shit. I've got somewhere I need to be. He tries to uh, go past them, uh, but they stab him kind of in the lower back area and he begins to lose consciousness and as as he's sort of dying i guess bleeding out he notices that he still has his potato chips in his carrier bag despite having seen rum eat them before what could be going on what indeed (laughs) and of course subari wakes up again back at the fruit vendor who claims to have never seen him before And he finally gets around to doing some big brain analysis and arrives at the conclusion that he's in a time leap, which only activates when he dies. And he calls this return by death. This this moment has some uh, Hoenn Kyoma vibes, uh, I think. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Or like the the, the camera, like fisheye lens camera or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that like Hoenn always has to like give stupid names to stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, if this was, uh, yeah, he would have announced it with a lot more fanfare if it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. if it was, if it was Okabe, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and obviously we as an audience have figured out he's in a time leap by now, this is the first time he acknowledges it. He considers just selling his cell phone to live a life of luxury in this world, given that he knows that he can, like, I guess, time leap whenever, whenever he dies. Uh, but he decides that actually Satella's too good of a person, uh, and like given that she helped him when she didn't have to and whatnot, uh, so he decides he must save her and the others from Elsa. It's like I guess oh. he now understands that like Elsa will be coming for them whether he's there or not. Yeah, um, yeah, things are going to play out the the, the same way whether he uh, steps in or not, or if he doesn't step in, things will play out the same way. Yeah. This is, um, I thought this moment was uh, kind of significant as well, because uh, this is sort of a, a moral turning point for, for Subaru. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, he's uh, afflicted uh, by that, that high school prodigy's uh, disease a, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. he, he believes simply because he is from the modern world, he could sell his cell phone and then uh, be on easy streets. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what so he thinks. A, a bit, a bit rushed of a conclusion, but um, maybe think that one through, buddy. <laughs> Glad you didn't just decide to do that. That would be a less exciting anime, <laughs> or maybe it would be yeah. just like high school prodigies. That that would be <laughs> when it turns into high school prodigies. Trade in Satella <laughs> for a, a Leroy, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Subaru loops back to the fruit vendor, who uh, he asks him, have you seen any pickpocketing? And the fruit vendor tells him he has witnessed one recently, which involved magic. Presumably that was Satella and Felt. So Subaru decides to head back to the loot house again, and on the way it runs into the street ruffians. This time he decides to scream for the guards. Uh, he puts on silly voices and screams like, help me, I need a man. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't touch me, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the ruffians aren't actually too bothered by this, and they decide to advance on him anyway. But they are then interrupted by a red-haired man with a knight's sword, Reinhardt. He seems he seems known to these criminals as Reinhardt. Oh, 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 oh Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah, uh, a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. His his very his presence alone uh, sort of uh, uh, precedes any kind of introduction necessary. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, just by uh, the character design and like uh, just uh, the way he looks and presents himself, you you know, damn, this this is a a good boy, but also a mm. hot boy. Yeah, ideal yeah. combination. <laughs> good hot boy. Yeah. Good hot boy. <laughs> that red hair. The three ruffians run away, and Sibaru layers gratitude on the knight who says a bunch of humble nice guy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he see, he seems to mean it too. At least, uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he seems okay so far. Yeah, he says uh, this this guy's a nice guy index is off the scale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Reinhardt offers to help Subaru, but our hero doesn't want to bother the off-duty guard. Instead. He leaves with him a message to give to Satella if he sees her to tell her that to stay away from the loot house. And uh, the two of them part ways. Yeah. So only um, like a little bit of time with Reinhardt. Back in the slums, Subaru gets directions to Felt's place from a local. And I, I think it's the same local as before. Oh yeah. That he spoke to probably. earlier. Uh, and for some reason... I just like had it in my head that this guy was like significant somehow because he's like seen him twice and it's like lingered on like his him saying live strong but I wonder if that's just to establish like the live strong slogan because he, he talks about it with felt later like I don't know yeah yeah uh, on the way there though he bumps into Elsa obviously she doesn't remember him but she can smell his fear literally she uh, tells him she can smell his fear uh she doesn't seem to have time to waste on him though so she leaves after saying some really creepy stuff to him yeah this is yeah. uh this this is this is how i like to meet women this is uh how i'd like why <laughs> <laughs> this is uh if i could replace uh tinder with like uh bumping into uh frightening uh women that can smell my fear i'd be set um, <laughs> uh this uh, this this bit rocks because uh, it's uh, it's another demonstration of like uh, the, the the rules of this game that like uh, Subaru has fi- found himself in this this time loop mm. like uh, you know things aren't going to go exactly as they, they they were previously or like there are like many factors that you you need to uh, be paying attention to but like uh, mm, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you didn't expect you'd run into Elsa here and when you did mm-hmm. uh, you didn't realize that like uh, this uh, seeing this person would trigger uh this uh this uh, immediate and uh de- detectable trauma um uh reaction right um because yeah, right. El- elsa says i can smell your fear and like i don't know maybe she can maybe she can't but like uh i think it's, it's very evident <laughs> like uh when uh subaru mm. bumps into him like uh he's uh scared stiff you don't need to <laughs> smell that to yeah. be able to recognize that and um, Subaru sort of like instinctively reaches for his stomach where he was cut. Mm, yeah, the trauma <laughs> and, response. Yeah, and then uh, and when Elsa is about to leave, like uh, Subaru tries to do a quip, and he, and Elsa's like, "The fuck you say to me?" <laughs> like, yeah. like really, really sassy shutdown. 
and like she she yeah. places her hand over his stomach as well and it's like oh yeah. my god it's creepy and i think it it helps like establish that you know there are things going on in this world that are happening in certain ways each time during this like time leap and he's like perhaps or we as a viewer or perhaps like slowly getting given the opportunity to piece together timelines of events and i thought that was interesting like okay so we now know elsa's at this place at this time maybe that's going to be relevant later on who knows <sighs> subaru finds felt's shack just as she is returning there herself believing him to be a thief she attacks relentlessly with uh, i think it's a cutlass she's got there kind of little sword mm. uh yeah. resulting in the unfortunate collapse of the shack she doesn't seem like that bothered by the collapsed shack. But finally, Subaru is able to explain that he wants to do business with her and the negotiations begin once again with him showing her his cell phone. Yeah. She again isn't really sure though and she wants to check with Rom at the loot house about like how much it's worth and whatnot. Reluctantly, our hero agrees and hurries her along. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Felt's about to come into some some big money, a big paycheck. So yeah. like, uh, she's gonna be moving out of that shack anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I got a, just a couple more comments here about uh, mm, yeah. Felt. Like, uh, uh, we get to learn a bit more about her in, in uh, these these moments, and uh, just amazed by like how much they're able to to pack of a, a character in, in in here in this uh, in the space of a. Uh, uh, two episodes but basically we learn um that uh we, we don't learn much about felt herself but we do get like a very solid understanding of what drives her and what she values um mm. we 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 find out she's she's shrewd and um uh she's she's angry at her circumstances and yeah uh, she's a, a bit contemptuous for the people around her as well so like uh mm -hmm. in in a, in a sense she feels like her her goals trump everyone everyone else's yeah she sort of believes she's she's special and like uh yeah in, in that she's sense gonna get out. Uh, yeah maybe she has a, a bit more in common with subaru than she's aware you know Mm, yeah interesting and, and her, her design is like so so fucking savvy as well i'd like this like i love her little like uh fur lined coats and her cut list that is like uh half half her size like almost as big as her it's uh yeah, yeah and her like big scarf thing <laughs> yeah. like big chunky scarf thing i think it's a scarf it looks cool I have to admit, like, I, I wasn't as big of a fan as uh, Felt's character as you are, but maybe, maybe that'll change, like, I don't know. I just, like, didn't feel that enamored of her. Yeah. Oh, I can't really put my finger on why. Maybe it's she's just, like, that kind of archetype of, like, a... No, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. probably, like, a, a bit of a hangover from every other anime where this type of character appears and yeah. they're... <laughs> yeah. uh, annoying uh token lowly right it's uh yeah <laughs> but there, it. yeah but there, there's a uh, I, I think there's a bit more going on here yeah i'm sure there is i'm like i'm i'm expecting more definitely and yeah like on on the way to the loot house felt tells super a lot of this stuff like she wants to make it big and get out of the slums 
And these holy coins that she's going to get from this uh, insignia help her towards her goal a little bit. Uh, there's this weird moment where um, Subaru suddenly understands a little bit about her and like his re- reaction is to like pat her head. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. she really doesn't like it, and uh, she bites him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, deservedly so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a Subaru like uh, thinks he he understands this uh, uh, again, like this that token token lowly character. Um, mm, like yeah. uh, thinks he can uh, um, put put her in his uh, his uh, the anime database in his head, just like a a, a solved puzzle. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that is not the case. Old Man Rom, sure enough, appraises the cell phone as being worth at least 20 holy coins. However, just like last time, Felt wants to wait for the client to show up before making her final decision. Sibara tells her uh, that he wants to return the insignia to its owner, but she isn't convinced. She really thinks he's fucking with her. She doesn't believe a word he says, and I think like uh-huh. either way, I think she probably feels a bit like she wants to at least like have the client there when she makes this decision instead of like uh, I don't know stiffing them on it. Yeah. Also, she um, she she thinks she can she can get more than, than what it's uh, yes, what it's worth. Yeah. It's like, She's uh, starting to think it's worth a lot of money because two uh-huh. people want it so bad. To Subaru's horror, someone knocks at the door. Believing it to be Elsa, he begs Felt not to answer, but she ignores him and opens it. And he looks, like, super terrified. It's that kind of, like, thing that's happened a few times in this show so far. Like, the kind of quick tonal change that's, like, often, pretty much in every case, conveyed by, like, Subaru's facial expressions, I've noticed. Like, he'll suddenly look really horrified, and suddenly you feel really horrified or scared or whatever. So that's... uh, yeah, the tone changes and you're scared. But standing on the other side of the door isn't Elsa, but Satella. And she looks pissed. <laughs> and yeah. that's the end of episode two. That's episode two. Yeah, just two amazing episodes. Subaru is... Um, we, we get just a, a little... Uh, we become more familiar with Subaru and the kind of character that he's... Uh, meant to embody he's got like a in this episode he's got sort of a cassandra syndrome thing going on um he's trying to uh warn felts and rom of what could befall them if they don't make this deal now uh but he can't put into words uh just uh just mm. what he knows he's uh um uh, because of this uh this time loop he's found himself in this uh return to to return by death he becomes more and more uh, trapped in like uh, by this uh, this this forbidden knowledge, this uh, this mm. this knowing, this uh, awareness of the possibility of like uh, the, these outcomes, and uh, that that gradually alienates him from uh, the people around him. Um, yeah. And seeing that's like displayed on his on his face is uh, is, is really remarkable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a it's a nice little twist when uh, when Satella shows up at the door and the and not mm. Elsa, uh, which is a, yeah. a moment a relief. of relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 joke here is that uh, of course 
um, if uh, Subaru wasn't around to uh, burden Satella in the, in the first go around, uh, she would have arrived at the loot house yeah. anyway. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. she would have arrived earlier than uh, <laughs> the first time that they got there. And um, yeah, so she didn't she even, even say to him the first yeah, time they yeah. went, right? Like you're you're slowing me down or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, it's funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> great episodes, great episodes. Yeah, so that that concludes our episode summary. Uh, that's the first two episodes. Hey, got another uh, say you segment here, real quick. Okay, great. Let's uh, hear it. The voice of uh, Elsa. Uh, Elsa is voiced mm. by uh, Noto Mamiko, and uh, she has an enormous resume. She's uh, done a whole lot of voices, uh, just some some really good ones that I picked up on. Um, this is the voice of uh, Anna Liebert in uh, Monster. Ah, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is also the voice of uh, Sagi Tsukiko in Paranoia Agent, the uh, the mm-hmm. creator of uh, Maromi. Oh wow! No way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And and this is also the voice of uh, Katsuyu in all of uh, the Naruto Naruto verse, and that's um, uh-huh. Tsunade's uh, Slug Summon. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and as a as a little bonus, uh, this is also uh, the manager of the uh, McRonalds in uh, Fushima Park in that one episode of uh, Hataraku Mausama. Oh right, yeah, the one where like uh, I sh- I shipped them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that for some reason Mao should go out with her. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. she voices her too. Oh, sweet. Yeah, two McRonald managers in ReZero. Well, yeah. Same writer, right? Okay, well, maybe we should move on to our closing thoughts then. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so... I was uh, rather ill while I was uh, writing my closing <laughs> thoughts, so I, I wasn't really able to get all of my my thoughts out the way that I I wanted to. But I, I feel like I was a uh, uh, pretty, um, I, I feel like I was a uh, pr- pretty effusive in uh, in, in my uh, d- discussion of these two episodes. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, it's it's clear how I feel about uh, these yeah, couple yeah. of episodes. Um, as, as I was watching them, I was, uh, also reminded of like many things that I don't like about ReZero as well. Um, and mm-hmm. just how much of it I, I don't remember actually. So, um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm going in there with a beginner's mindset, like, uh, you know, fresh eyes. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say that I, that I haven't said already. Um, and, uh, this is only the, the first arc, arc so far. Uh, we're not even mm-hmm. done with the first arc yet, um, so I, I think um, uh, this is just a kind of anime. You gotta let it uh, let it speak for itself a, a little mm-hmm. bit uh, for for now at least. Um, it it does a great job of drawing your attention to uh, odd details and like uh, unsaid subtexts um, in mm-hmm. in really clever ways. 
um, like um, the character design uh, stands out. Um, it's the, the 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 extras, uh, the the fruit vendor, the um, the random random dude in the slums, um, the the thugs. They all play like a little bit of a role. Um, and uh, they tell you more about uh, the, this world than uh, we've ever learned from the main characters in uh, in high school prodigies. Yeah, this, this is only the tip of the iceberg. And, uh, I've got like a, just a couple of points uh, for for closer examination. Um, I, I think it will be interesting to talk about uh, uh, Isekai and uh, 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 reincarnation, the Groundhog's Day mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, as it's used in uh, storytelling. You know, time loops, purgatories. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading a little bit about uh, Buddhism. Uh, recently, just to see if uh, I could like uh, get some 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 hints from uh, from that as to uh, how to to better understand this anime. Uh, but yeah. in the in the realm of uh, a Western philosophy, I think there are also like uh, lots of relevant touch points, um, including uh, existentialism and uh, and determinism and. Um, as existentialism, uh, especially, uh, I think I've I've brought up um, Cube and uh, No Exits. Um, I think ReZero draws from from these things in like a, a one way or another. Um, they they discuss the the, the sum of a, a human life is expressed through uh, actions rather than essence, mm. and. Um, yeah. Yeah, so in a way, uh, Subaru in his encounters of these characters and is uh, gradually coming to to know them, and uh, the the fate that uh, awaits all of them, he's uh, kind of found himself in his own personal, in a personal hell of sorts, uh, his, uh, his own uh, mm-hmm. no no exit. Um, so yeah, it's a, a lot of cool things to, to look forward to and lots of, uh, yeah. uh, interesting things to dive into if you want to. Yeah. Wow. You're totally right. There's a, yeah. there's definitely like a, a lot more to this show than I had previously thought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could, could just be that I like, I've, I've watched it before. Uh, so I, mm, I have yeah. an idea of, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do do my very best not to not to spoil anything, uh, but also, <laughs> yeah. also there there is just there's a lot that I've forgotten as well. Like honestly, yeah, the, sure. the first time I watched this, I was I was left with more of a, a vibe than a complete expression, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, com- complete impression. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and lastly, I just gotta say that the show just extremely fucking pops, like in terms of mm-hmm. animation. Uh, design. Yeah, uh, it looks very good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, just a real, real beauty, and uh, it's, it's nice, nice to watch. <laughs> Especially that like uh, opening scene in the combini. Like, I, I am an absolute sucker for scenes like that. Just like uh, mundane stuff animated beautifully with a yeah. like a really perfectly cultivated atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, and then uh, we 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 leave it behind and never never to yeah. never to return. <laughs> Dang yeah, it! Awesome. <laughs> 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 or or is it? Who knows? Oh, is it? So, well, what were you, what were your feelings? Um. So I think 
the second time I watched it, when I was like writing up my notes and whatnot, I well, the first time I watched it, I found like the dialogue, uh, like informative and good, and like uh, worked really well. Second time I watched it, I found like I I felt like I wanted to skip through a lot of the dialogue. I felt like I didn't want to watch it again. Um, maybe it's because like that information, it, like that dialogue, is really like in a way pretty functional, like rather than entertaining as such. It like serves the purpose of like telling us about the characters and who they are and what their motivations are, rather than being like especially like fun to observe. I guess. So what, and it's very wordy so there's like a lot of it and I guess that was one of my main problems with it um, and I think like talking it through now I think I see it more the whole show more as a, uh, a an interesting twist on or like subverting genre expectations uh, like adding in this time leap mechanic and like uh employing these sort of character archetypes but giving them much more personality and uh sort of like doing a twist on the archetypes i think when i watched it i so i'm i'm not really a fan of like medieval fantasy generally uh mm. and i think if i if it weren't for the time leap I don't think I'd be that interested in or like what I felt was I wouldn't be that interested in like continuing to watch it. But like if it didn't have that, it would be like really not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just because like I don't I don't I'm not into medieval fantasy or maybe it's because like I felt like it was doing a lot of stuff with genre tropes. I hadn't thought too deeply about what it was doing with those genre tropes. But yeah, I think I've definitely changed my mind a bit now. Like, I think it's much deeper than I gave it credit for. And it's really, I, I definitely think it's really well written. The dialogue is like uh, very well like executed and not not a word is wasted, really. I've got, I've got a little bit more of a sense of like, I want to I watch more now and I want to I wanna see where it goes. I think like the time, the time loop mechanic really helps with that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, it's, it's a storytelling mechanic that I that I enjoy uh, a mm, lot, yeah, me and too. like a, and one that has like uh, gained a lot of prominence in in game design uh, recently. Mm-hmm. There's like a a lot of uh, uh, game design parallels that you could make with like uh, um, uh, ReZero. Um, like I, yes. I mentioned uh, Dark Souls uh, before, and like uh, yeah, 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 it's. Um, uh it's it's a it's a uh, a cool fantasy it's two fantasies really it's uh mm. you um you get to go to a fantasy world where nobody knows your name and uh, you get to uh retry every time you fuck up at the cost of well you know dying of course <laughs> but uh but but still like uh, if you could wouldn't it be kind of cool let's find out <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes and like what else it does with the characters that it's already established i think um also one thing that we haven't really talked about is like sibaru's carrier bag he's like always got a little carrier bag with him from the, yeah. the combini i really i really like that i think it's a really cute character detail um <laughs> that like is a constant reminder of where he came from 
Yeah, uh, it's starting I, there. I really like that. Yeah. And you know, like, give, despite what I have said about, like, my feelings about when I, when I first watched it, about the dialogue and the, uh, like, setting, I did even then think there was stuff about it that was really cool. Like, the world building is really effective and, like, uh, yeah, just really well done. And, like, you compared it to High School Prodigies earlier, how, like, lifeless that world felt in comparison. Like, this definitely feels rich and, like, there is a lot of, like, fleshed out lore to be uh, explored and investigated rather than like surface level stuff like oh magic exists but like who cares how it actually works or what it actually does <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and I guess learning as well that it was written by Steins Gate writer and well like obviously the story wasn't written by them but like the anime was written by them, by them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so yeah, that makes, makes me more interested again yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the next couple of episodes Hell yeah, so am I. I'm going to be putting them on with dinner tonight, I think. I'm excited. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sweet. Um, have you got anything else you want to say? Um, nope, I think I've covered it. Uh, I'm good. Cool. Do you have any plugs you want to do? Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, just just the, the, the usual. Please uh, follow us on, on Twitter. Uh, if you like, I put up some some screenshots of like the episodes we've discussed, so you can like uh, you got a little visual guide of uh, uh, um, our, our discussions. Our our Twitter handle is at uh, Reincarnated Pod, and uh, if you like, you can also uh, send us an email uh, if you want to really get into um, the animes that we we talk about here. Like, uh, let us. Uh, let me know how cool my voice is after uh, suffering uh, <laughs> days of continuous coughing. Um, you can do so by emailing us at uh, reincarnated full stop podcasters at gmail.com. And that's it. All right, then. Next time on Reincarnated as Podcasters, we'll discuss episodes three to five of ReZero. We hope you enjoyed listening. See you in the next life. See ya. Oh, fools don't ever make time Ready for your touch Oh, please don't let me